This is OMS Voices, an Amos podcast. I'm Bill Klaproth, and with me is Dr. James Swift, who is here to discuss wisdom teeth, facts every parent needs to know. Dr. Swift, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Bill, for having me. Absolutely. It's great to see you. So wisdom teeth, right? We all have them. They all erupt, if you will. When do wisdom teeth typically erupt in the mouth? Well, there's variability with that, but sometimes in the late teen years to the early 20s. But if we wait to age 25, it's likely that if the wisdom tooth is not erupted by then, that it's probably not going to. But that doesn't mean it's without disease. It just means that it's not going to come into the mouth and be functional. So you don't really want to wait until they hurt or that you wait until that point in time that you can make a prediction as to whether there will be functional teeth then that you can treat or remove them without challenges if they are not functional. Okay, that's really interesting. So when we're talking about teens and wisdom teeth, what are the signs that my teen's wisdom teeth are coming in? Well, if you're going to your general dentist or your pediatric dentist, as you should be as your children grow up, because they usually will observe or keep observing the oral cavity to such a great degree that they'll learn when there's time to consider and make a referral. And so if you're at doubt and you're going to with your child to a pediatric dentist or a general dentist, you should ask them what their thoughts are because many times they'll have an opinion as well. And then typically they will refer to an oral and maxillofacial surgeon to be, have him or her decide how to proceed with the management of the teeth. Are there outward signs that, hey, something's going on there, like tender bleeding gums or jaw pain? Are there outward symptoms? There are outward signs that do occur, and typically it is inflammation, so the gum tissue will turn red. In some situations, there will be a bad taste, and it will create pain when the teeth are put together, when they bite together in the back, in the area where the third molar would be coming in, back behind all of the other teeth. So can you explain to us, we hear the term wisdom teeth are impacted, or my son's or my child's wisdom teeth are impacted. What does impacted mean? Impacted means that there is a a structure, either adjacent tooth or part of the jawbone where the wisdom tooth is sitting, that's restricting it from coming in and being functional so that it could erupt and be in the mouth with the appropriate amount of gum tissue around it so that it can be maintained in good health by making sure that you brush it in that area. And if you neglect wisdom teeth that come into the mouth and you don't brush them like you brush your other teeth, then plaque will accumulate and that will increase the potential risk of infection. And that might be a sign that there's a need to remove the wisdom tooth because it's not functional or erupted all the way. So generally, is it another tooth blocking that eruption? Is that generally what it is? Yes, it's either another tooth, the tooth in front of it blocking it, or the the jaw not being big enough to have enough space to accommodate one more tooth. Okay, and this impaction, what other problems can or does it generally cause when we say a tooth is impacted? Well, impacted means that something's preventing it, as mentioned, from erupting. And so if it can't come into the oral cavity, completely, but only comes into the oral cavity, is exposed to the oral cavity only partially, allows bacteria that are around your teeth to get underneath the gum tissue where that tooth sits, and it likes it there because it's dark and there's nutrition for the bacteria back there, and it's warm, and there's saliva, and so it thrives. The bacteria thrives, and it's really a, a place that generally infections occur relatively easily. Maybe a silly question here. Do they ever come in and stay there and we've got extra teeth? They never erupt and there's not a problem. 
That is periodically what occurs. If, in fact, they're blocked to a great degree and they don't get exposed to the oral cavity at all, they, they don't make a perforation to get try to get in, then you can't necessarily just leave it there and not do anything about it because it's possible that over time the gum tissue can recede. That happens in, in people in their front teeth. The gums will recede after a period of time, and as a result, then the this tooth structure, the tooth root, is exposed to the oral environment or bacteria that might create an infection or cavity in the tooth. And so it's not a healthy place. The, the oral cavity is the dirtiest orifice in the human body, and there's lots of bacteria there. And so there's lots of potential for disease. And so it's not wise to leave a not totally erupted tooth or impacted tooth in position when it's exposed because it has a high likelihood that there'll be an infection. So medically, it sounds like we need to get these teeth out of there. They need to be extracted. Yeah, the data will show about 78% of these, if left in position, will create other types of problems at some point in time. Down the road. Down the road. It could be a 50-year-old and, oh my God, I've got a problem. That's correct. And it could be the tooth in front of it or it could be in that tooth itself. If they get a cavity in the tooth and it needs a dental filling, it's hard to fill because it's so far back, it's not accessible to the dentist to even provide a filling in the wisdom tooth very easily. And so it's difficult to manage the health of it because it's so far back in the mouth. So for a parent listening to this, better to get the tooth out early while the child is young than to just, nah, we're going to let it go. That's what I did for my kids, and they both had their third molars out when they were about 18 because there just wasn't enough room in their jawbone to have the tooth erupt, and that's how I would treat my patient as I would treat my own children. Right. Well, my own kids, same thing, and most people I know, that seems to be around the age, although my one son, AJ, was, I think, 23 when he had his out. That's not uncommon to be in your early 20s to have that done? It's not uncommon in the early 20s, and according to one textbook, 25 is you're you're an older adult as far as wisdom teeth are concerned. You're at the you're, you're at, at the, the end of okay. yeah, at, at yeah. age 25 there okay. should be a prediction that can be made by then. Right. We were just talking about you don't want to be a 50-year-old and have the tooth in there other reasons uh, other harm that can be done by leaving an impacted wisdom tooth in place? Yes, there different pathology can form around the tooth. It can develop tumors or cysts around it. So that doesn't always happen. It's not a given, but at the same time, there's a potential risk. And so the point is, if they're not removed and by age 25, then there's an obligation of the dental professional to do a complete examination of that area and periodic x-rays, which might end up be being more expensive than just removing it quite frankly, over a lifetime, because you don't need the tooth to function, to bite and chew things. And so so um, just leaving it there, some people say, well, I still have mine, they don't hurt, so that's okay. But you're taking a risk because 78% of the time, they'll either develop a cavity of some sort or periodontal disease. Mm. And that's disease process. And then you're dealing with that for the, the rest of your, your life, life then. That is correct, Bill. You don't want that. No, you don't. That's not a good thing. So you mentioned around 18 years of age. Is that the optimal time? I know you can't predict when the tooth is going to erupt. Is that generally around the time frame? In that area, late teens is reasonable because the thing that about removing it at late teens is the bone's healthy typically, and the child is, or the teenager is healthy, and the tooth many times is not yet fully formed. The roots are not fully formed. And as a result, as the roots of the wisdom teeth form, they can sometimes lock the tooth in to some degree if they curve. And so 
in some situations, it's reasonable to take out the tooth. It's easier to take out when the roots are not yet fully formed. It's just good medical practice at that right. point to do that. So can we talk about the role of an OMS in wisdom teeth? And can you explain the training an OMS undergoes and how that makes them the best person to remove wisdom teeth? So wisdom tooth removal is a large component of the training of the OMS. And uh, I can tell you that from experience experience because I work in an academic environment and I teach individuals how to take out wisdom teeth. And in that particular situation, that's it's a hands-on type of approach for an oral maxillofacial surgeon, which many times will do, has to do at least a four-year training program. And in some situations, if they're going to get a medical degree along with their oral surgery training, it may take as many as six to seven years. And so it's a lot of training after dental school. And there are some dentists that can, with other experiences outside of dental school, get better at taking out wisdom teeth, but oral and maxillofacial surgeons are required to do so in their training programs to make sure that they're well-talented in that technique or procedure. So I would say that a board-certified oral and maxillofacial surgeon is your best bet. You don't want to leave it up to chance. You want an expert in there Correct. with the potential complications. And you could be doing one, you could be doing four. That's a lot of surgeries at a time. Is that the right way to look at it? Four different surgeries? Yeah, there are four individual surgeries. And so the uh, more genteel you can be when you provide those procedures and the more skill that you have based upon experience doing it over and over again is going to result in a better outcome. Since we're talking about parents and, and teens and kids and wisdom teeth, what is a big challenge that you have to overcome? Is it sometimes the fear of, oh, my child's going to be in pain or you're going to have to put my child out? How are they going to do it? Is that a challenge? Yes, it is, Bill. In fact, you know, I have children and both of them have had surgery. And as I said, they had their wisdom teeth out. And, and there's always a concern for a caring parent of about their child if they're going to undergo anesthesia or undergo a surgical procedure. And I always have to wonder in those situations, you have to wonder, is it necessary? Is this necessary to do this? And some of that is going to be reliant upon how much you depend on the oral and maxillofacial surgeon to make that decision. You have to trust him or her to make that decision with the patient's best interest in mind. I think that's where having an OMS do this would put the parent at ease, knowing I've got an expert, somebody that's got the training that you just described, the four years of training to do this, that would be comforting to a parent to go, okay, we need to get this done and you're going to be okay. You're in an expert's hands. Right. And like I said, there are some dentists out there that, that are good at the technique or procedure and may have had some other experiences in a hospital setting in some, si some way, shape, or form. But in general, the oral and maxillofacial surgeon that gets to that level of board certification, you know for fact that based upon the curriculum in those tra training programs, they have had experience in doing third molar technique. So when we're talking about teens and wisdom teeth, what questions do you get asked the most or what would you like to say to that parent right now? Again, what are the complications associated with this procedure? Is it necessary? Is it, should, why are we doing this now? Those types of questions. Why shall we wait? Would right. it be better? Or should we do it really early? Should we do it when they're really young? And those types of questions, when they have an expectation that maybe they had their wisdom teeth out, and many times that decision is made by the parent. I didn't have mine out, so maybe my kid doesn't need to have their wisdom teeth out. But that's not a good way to judge. Right. Absolutely. Well, this has really been fascinating, Dr. Swift. Anything else you want to add before we wrap up? 
Bill, I I appreciate the opportunity to explain this in the way that we've had the opportunity to do so, because I think it is important that parents have a good understanding as to what they can do to make sure that they can assure that their child will be in the best hands when they have the procedure. Yeah, well, thank you. Well, this is a great format for an expert like you to explain the process and explain the ins and outs on a more detailed level. So it's been great to hear your answers, and uh, hopefully a parent listening to this right now certainly got informed and educated on this process. And that's what you're looking for, an informed patient, an informed parent. Is that right? Correct. That's correct, Bill. Yeah. Dr. Swift, thank you so much for your time. Pleasure to be with you. Thank you so much. You bet. Once again, that is Dr. Jim Swift. And for more information in the full podcast, library, please visit myoms.org. And if you found this podcast interesting, please share it on social media and don't forget to subscribe. Thanks for listening.